A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After Jesus' birth, which happened in Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of Herod, astrologers from the east arrived in Jerusalem and asked, Where is the newborn ruler of the Jews? We observed his star at its rising and have come to pay homage. At this news, Herod became greatly disturbed, as did all of Jerusalem. Summoning all the chief priests and religious scholars of the people, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they informed him. Here is what the prophet has written. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, since from you will come a ruler who is to shepherd my people of Israel. Herod called the astrologers aside and found out from them the exact time of the star's appearance. Then he sent to Bethlehem, after having instructed, he sent them to Bethlehem, after having instructed them, go and get detailed information about the child. When you have found him, report it to me, so that I may go and pay homage to him also. Well, after their audience with the ruler, they set out. The star they had observed at its rising went ahead of them until it came to a standstill over the place where the child lay. They were overjoyed at seeing the star and upon entering the house found the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and paid homage. Then they opened their coffers and presented the child with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod. So they went back to their own country by another route. The good news of salvation. In the closing sentences of the second reading, we hear that stories are a way of expressing our experience. Matthew is telling a story. By this time of writing, Matthew likely was attending a synagogue north of Jerusalem in the countryside after they had been expelled, after the revolt, expelled to Jerusalem. But in his experience of the Christ and his knowledge of Torah, Matthew, or the author of this gospel, is telling a story <coughs> that synagogue listeners could fully understand for its key ties to the Torah and the oral traditions that they knew. It is a story that has drawn his listeners' attention uh, to the line of Israel's roots with Jesus, the descendant of Abraham and David, Bethlehem, 
being the birthplace of David. Today's part of the story draws on other Torah texts and the oral tradition that ties Jesus' birth to these special gifts and the Eastern astrologers or magi whose root is in magical in today's story. These are, of course, messianic elements of the story that the Jews of that time would be very familiar with. And it expresses Matthew's experience and the community's experience at that time of the risen Christ. So this story is one of the key origin stories of Christianity rooted in the ancient Jewish story. We here and others, of course, are spiritual descendants with our roots going back all the way to Abraham, according to Paul's letter to the Romans. Their story is now our story. We need only get past the temptation of literalism when we have heard this story and read it. It's not intended to be an Ancestry.com rendition. <laughs> it is a beautiful tale crafted to evoke the spirit of the Christ within the author and that community. We can embrace this story as part of who we are in a line going back three millennia and coming to us through Bethlehem. Thursday night in our wonderful faith-sharing Zoom engagement, we shared our story, that our story as a community of Christians is just one branch of this vast tree of Christianity today. And yet, it is a tree whose trunk and root system is embedded in our common stories. We can think of this tree as growing from the ground of our being, God, the eternal divine, fully embodied and or incarnated in Jesus. It is one tree, one root system, one God. So we have stories, myths, legends in all cultures. But ours are the roots that hold Christians together in one universal or lowercase c Catholic church. Joanna Gaines wrote in our second reading today, that stories connect us. Without stories, she wrote, there is no history, no way of deeply knowing one another. We are here today, rooted in that community that Matthew was building in his gospel with today's Epiphany story. There is said Epiphany. <laughs> Each of us has our own origin story. Last Sunday, Lillian's homily told the wonderful story of her personal relationship to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Debbie and others 
then share personal experiences of their own relationship to Mary. In these personal stories, we do know, come to know each other more deeply. Now, moving along to a book by Jonathan Haidt. And if you, <laughs> I didn't realize we were going to have brochures on the chairs today, but he wrote this book, which I have up there, The Righteous Mind, Why Good People Are Divided by Politics and Religion, a book that has been shaping my thinking towards today for many weeks now, going back uh, into last year. But what he says in this book is that moral systems are interlocking sets of values, virtues, norms, practices, institutions, technologies, and evolved mechanisms that have worked together to make cooperative societies work, even possible. Hate writes, further quoting a key source, that individually we exist at two levels, as an individual and as part of a larger society. He uses the term hive switch based on bee behavior, and we'll get a lecture from Tom later on that. It's based both on individual and collective hive behavior, where the individuality is lost to the greater purposes and stories of the community, or the hive. Humans do have this hive switch, as hate shows in his extensive research, and that of others. The early church was a good hive, probably empowered by the women of the early Christian movement, who communicated the love of God to others in a set of stories that bound them together in a community willing to share, to care, and to reach out to others, and grew. The men wrote books, the women did the work. But we can have bad hives too. Nazism is an example of how a leader can create a very destructive hive. I won't get into politics. Temptation is strong. <laughs> In both cases, though, individual behaviors become social or societal behaviors. Hate writes in his book that each of us has a moral matrix that defines our weighing of values. What is a moral matrix? If I give each of you 10 chips taken from, what's the gaming center up north? So you each get 10 chips. <clears throat> and we have a play table. And on the table are six columns of one row for each of you. And these columns are defined as six value sets that Hate's research has led him to understand as foundational in our community since the Ice Age emergence, reemergence of humanity. And you individually get to take your 10 chips and place them as numbers 
on those values you uh, most treasure. So you might want to put all ten on one set of values. You might split them a little bit. You might spread them out. That is our moral matrix. Each one of us would put our chips down and we would see a diversity of responses. Okay, that's the moral matrix. The hive switch is triggered. When it is triggered, the individual moral matrix takes on the aspects of the group moral matrix. And in a very strong community, the individual is lost into that community. And that moral matrix of the community becomes their individual matrix. The hive switch is very personal, but also very real. It's the need for community. Happiness, hate summarized, comes from between. It comes from getting the right relationships between you and others. Yourself and your work, yourself and something larger than yourself. Why then are we so divided today in our individual and, communi and uh, community hives of spiritual life and beliefs? Aren't we all part of the American melting pot? As my wife calls it, it's not a melting pot. It's a salad, a layered salad. The reality of American regional differences would amount to culturally different hive behaviors is told in another book uh, that I uh, suggest for study. That title is American Nations, A History of the Eleven Rival Regional Cultures of North America. They're real, they exist, and they have not been homogenized. Even with our internal migrations, they are not yet homogenized, leaving Atlanta, Georgia out of that. This book is the story of various European origins, migrations, and inherited stories and moral values that still divide us regionally today. While American Christians, our branches grow from the same root in our Jewish or Christian origins, the country is culturally divided. I think you know that. And it's divided into hives that don't share the same moral matrices. Hate's book is very clear on that. He doesn't connect the two, but I am compelled to believe, I mean, he's deliberately chosen not to get into regional and political issues in his um, neutrality. But I think the connection between those two books is really uh, quite significant. Haight is a moral psychologist, and so as psychologists, uh, many of whom I've known run what I call in, in research rat tests, you know, how quickly can the rat make it through the 
the amaze and find the other uh, reward at the end. Well, hate's work is with people groups, and they've compiled all their research that way into these six moral foundations. The root, though, of love is compassion. The ability to hear, understand, and value those whose value, emphasis, or moral matrix differs from ours, individually and collectively. It is much easier to hear another person, to hear them, than it is to understand them, and even harder to then value them in their moral matrix. But we must begin the journey from Bethlehem, a journey that leads us to understand and perhaps then to value the other. Christ stands as our exemplar in bridging so many cultural differences in his time. We read the stories of him reaching out to the diseased, to the excluded, to the women, to those of different heritage. Hearing them deeply, understanding them, and embracing them, that's our exemplar. The journey to understanding, <laughs> it just happens to be the name of the series coming out. <laughs> uh, how fortuitous. It's hard work darn hard work. It also means being open to change ourselves. That's pretty hard. Changing others starts here. Starts with me. Starts with each of us. But it is a step that Christ asked us to take in his the stories that we have. It is what he did. He listened he understood and valued each person. That is compassion. Thus, it is our story. And the road to Bethlehem runs right through to us. Your comments?